Hey, it's your boy Kai, and welcome to the Kairos Has Friends podcast, where I sit down with the people that matter the most to me, and those are my friends. Before we get started with my interview with my guest, Adam Bierman, please be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platforms. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at The Vibe with Kai, or you can visit my official website at thevibewithkai.com, where I am always posting blogs and visuals that'll help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. You can also visit thevibewithkai.com to get your official Vibe with Kai gear. Get your hats, get your t-shirts, get your hoodies, and kick off 2021 in style with Good Vibe gear. My guest today is a TV show host and producer, along with being the host of the Breezin with Beerman podcast, debuting very soon. Today, we talk about everything from the pandemic to the beauty of Princeton, running for political office in 2020, white privilege, and of course, censorship. Please note that this podcast interview features conversations about mental health and culture that may be triggering for some. Viewer discretion is advised. With that said, enjoy my interview with the one and only Adam Bierman. Welcome to my friend Adam Bierman. It's Bierman, right? Not Bierman. It's Bierman. People said Byerman, Berman, it's Spearman. Yeah. And I it's found out Beerman. it wasn't really my, it was, uh, I found out like, you know, it's Ellis Island story. It was actually like my great, great grandmother's name. And my grandfather took it. His name, great, great grandfather's name was Bizvinsky or something. And they just, it's more anglicized, I guess. Or okay. Something. I gotcha. I just wanted to make sure I said it right, because you are a guest on the Kairos Has Friends podcast oh, yes. today. And I want to make sure that I said your name right, because there is nothing worse than when I say a person's name wrong, which happens often. And I want to make sure I didn't mess that up. I don't understand why people in a personal life, you know, if you steal my money or, you know, hit on my wife, maybe then I, the name thing, it's just not, no, come on. <laughs> I, got I don't expect perfection and I'm not an emotional hemophiliac. So, you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you uh, uh, taking time to, to hang out with me on, on this beautiful day. Um, let me check in with you, my friend. It is, it is uh, February, 2021. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you holding up? How is life? Uh, you know, COVID, you mean talking about COVID-19? And just, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but like, yeah, well, just in general, how are you, how are you holding up today, this week, this month, this year? Oh yeah, you know, you know, uh, well and stuff, I, you know, I, I always, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I'm in an anger and Frank mode, you know, I want the Nazis actually to get me or something. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> did, did I just break a rule there? And these no, are fake no, glasses no. too. I, I was just trying to change my look. I don't need glasses, but um. Yeah. You know, sometimes, okay, sometimes I feel like I'm a witness protection. But like you said, we we're discussing earlier, you know, never let a, a good crisis go to waste. And, I, you know, I accomplished some things during this time. Something's very practical. My basement um, Petri dish down there, you know, cleaned it out. Uh -huh. Found things, found old photos. It was like a recollection time for me. You know, the history of Adam. I found pictures of us when we used to, you know, uh, when I was right. two years old, we moved in this house and everything. Right, right, right. And, and, no, so let's and, let's let's talk pandemic, you know, because I know you brought that up just now. And then obviously the pandemic, COVID-19 has been a um, a vital part of many of our lives, whether we wanted it to be or not. Um, what has pandemic life been like for you, you know, ever since March of last year when everything pretty much shut down? What has it been like for you? Uh, I try to root, you know, routinize because um, I've been working from home instead of going into work. And um, I found out it wasn't as cool as I, I thought it was going to be. I thought, yeah, just wake up in your underwear and hit the computer. But, you know, maybe you notice I like to talk. I like to interact. And I really, you know, I found what? I did miss people more. You? <laughs> yeah. No. Your verbal masturbation has been a problem with me. But oh my so, God. I, so I realized, you know, and I think a little idea, I realized I, I should routinize. And I should also accomplish something. If I'm going to have this time, do something with it. You know, don't let the time do you, you do the time. So I do things like worked on my Spanish, cleaned up the garage, um, bought a new computer, uh, decided to get away. Princeton TV, as I said before, was having some issues, which are, you know, textbook for, I would have to say, dysfunctional small nonprofit. How cliche. But, and, <laughs> and the COVID had shut them down. So I said, start a podcast. So yeah. I slowly, and not neurotically, but piece by piece, day by day, like you were, we discussed this earlier, but I didn't stress about it. I just do one, do one thing a day, learn about how I want this podcast to look. I've been playing around with Anchor FM. It didn't work yeah. for me. And we, you know, different mm -hmm. sites. I found someone. I finally realized if you can't do some certain things, pay them if you have the money. Yeah, of course. You know, something like that. Yeah. So it's podcasting, still doing work, and then um, 
I, I ran for public office, didn't win. That's another story too. So yeah, we're gonna I, talk, I actually we're going to talk about that because I have some questions about you uh, for you about that. So we're de- we're definitely going to talk about that. We're, <laughs> Me I, on the school board. I want to I want I don't I want to know some things you know about, okay. about that. But I mean, you so you you are a Princeton man. You 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 are uh, you know everything about Princeton. Were you born there? Were you born and raised there? Yeah, yeah. I went away for 10 years when I went overseas. I was working at an American schools in El Salvador. Then I was living in D.C. Mm-hmm. Then I was living in Ecuador and Taiwan. And basically, I came back with my wife. My dad being a doctor, we had a troubled pregnancy. What I'm saying, we didn't plan this. And um, my dad was a pediatrician in town, and then he was medical director at Rutgers. My point is, we, I came home with my wife, who's an Ecuadorian. We had some trouble with the pregnancy. We ended up never leaving. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, homegrown and and maybe going to be dying here at this point. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I was curious. So like you you know pretty much everything about Princeton. You know the ins and oh, outs. Oh, even where the bo- even where the bodies are buried. Einstein story. I, I with the bodies I, are buried. Yeah, you're like the go-to man. You're like that. You're like that go-to man when people need that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want the gossip, you want the gossip, the interesting trivia. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is your favorite thing about Princeton, New Jersey? Uh, that's hard to say when you're from here. One thing I learned to value after coming back and growing up here, I didn't realize how diverse the intelligentsia was here. Mm-hmm. People come from all, it's like, a, it's like an international focus area and people come from all over the world to live here. That's why we don't even have a Jersey accent. We don't have a South Jersey accent. We have the North Jersey accent. I have a, I have a South Jersey accent. I, I can tell. Yes. Yes. South yeah. Jersey accent. Whenever I'm doing my podcast, like I'll, I'll use like my professional voice, but when I'm not paying attention and I'm just kind of talking, just like whatever. My talking. South Jersey, uh, the, see, it just happened just there. Yeah, so yeah. like like my, my my Jersey accent will come shining through, especially when I am not paying attention at all. And when you, uh, here's another point, when you have some wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so for, for those for those of you that don't know, uh, so, and we're gonna get into this uh, a little bit later as well. Uh, I, I got to do your podcast. I, I, I filmed your podcast yesterday. And, and now, I do thank you yeah. for that. You're yeah, great, yeah. you know, talking to you, I guess I, don't, I wouldn't call myself professional yet, I, I, but we can talk and, and I don't have to pull teeth and it's a natural flow in chemistry. And we, one reason I called you is the last time we, we were on the show, I played our i just played the audio of the interview i did with you i forget what we were talking about people were laughing yeah people i mean it was a small they were actually they wanted to sit around and listen to it and that says a lot yeah man no i i i had a blast and i'm like i'm like we need to make sure that we we get him on on mine so 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 we'll talk about that in a second but so we talked about your your favorite thing at princeton uh the diversity and all that what would you say is your least favorite thing about princeton right well this is more current thing i'm running for office um and again, this is just a, it's not even a knock, it's just the way things are. You have a very woke, very woke tribal element here that's sure. in the political circles. And and they can be very dogmatic and uh, closed-minded at times. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I find that, um, yeah, I, I find it anti-intellectual and I find it kind of um, insufferable. That's, you know, yeah. that, you know, but that's more of that, you know, cult. And, and it affected me when I ran for office too, because in, in any small town, you only have a few people who are interested in local politics and they're the ones who are interested and not that they do a great job. They're bright, well-organized, man. I mean, these are people who are corporate giants, big time lawyers who are using their downtime because they like politics and they do a really good job organizing things, as I said, sure, sure, but sure. it's, you know, it's, it's just like any other political machine mm-hmm. so that's just my personal situation what else don't i i don't like one you can't change time I, when i grew up i called it like a suburbois huck finn existence it was a small town that you had to get to through the farms right. we roamed free-range kids and it, and it was and it was rural and, and and stuff and and quaint and i didn't know enough to be bored you know like you know nassau street on the weekends when i was growing up back when i was a kid you could play hopscotch Whoa, i mean no one around that's completely gone Back in my day. Back in my day, let me tell you, yes. (laughs) So, like, obviously, Princeton, I'm sure a lot of Princeton has been shut down, obviously, because of the world being on fire and, and all of that. What, what what do you miss the most? Because like, I I I love Princeton. I you know I I whenever I get a chance, like I live about an hour south of, of Princeton. But whenever I get a chance, I'll still talk to you. I'll still yeah, talk. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but like one of the, one of the things I loved like the atmosphere. I loved walking the campus at Princeton. I love uh, going to the restaurants. Winberries is one of my favorite restaurants there. Uh, I, I well, love you like them. girls. That's why you go there. I, yeah, I, I do. I do like females, but like their food is good too. They have this really good like pot pie and meatloaf that I just yeah. Like, but something that looks like a chain, the food's pretty tasty. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the food. No, go the food for Winberry. Really I, 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 
I, I, I miss the ice cream. I miss just walking around, all that kind of stuff. What do you miss the most about Princeton that's just not there right now because of the pandemic? Oh, oh, can I just, back, am I allowed to back up and answer one more question? Absolutely. The, yeah, um, yeah, well, the other thing about Princeton, this is happening all over New Jersey, and I was just talking to you, you have a roommate, which is cool. Yeah. The the New Jersey has become a minor Manhattan, Silicon, Princeton especially, is like a, it's like a suit, it's like Silicon Valley, not as yeah. bad. It's astronomical, the mm. prices. One thing about Princeton being a focus area, money moves from all over the world. It seems to come here. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. tell you the amount, I mean, when I went door-to-door campaigning, I went to the nooks and crannies of the town. I didn't see Mick mansions. I saw real mansions. You yeah. know how much that cost to build today? Some of these mansions must be over $20, $25 million. It's not like they had cheap labor yet. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and that's, you know, so in one way, it's good. If you're ever going to sell your house, you kind of want a lottery ticket. But the other way, we're losing our middle class, yeah. Yeah. which is sad. Right. What, what right. do I miss about Princeton? I, I just miss the interaction. I miss the uh, ability to, to go out. And, the you know, to me, I, I have that. Maybe you have the same thing. I always feel like I'm missing something yes. when yeah. I'm going to yes. bed. Something's I, going I, I frequently am the, uh, the sufferer of FOMO, fear of missing out, for sure. That's it. Okay. I think we're, we're the same. And um, it just intensifies. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can't also you can't um, circulate as much and, and also change that mindset. I, I understand for the first time what why people do go crazy in jail. Mm-hmm. And not that it, I'm not comparing myself to being solitary, but it's, you know, you can start obsessing about stupid things that really you wouldn't pay any attention to if you had a chance to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. and go uptown and be with your friends and play pickup basketball and all that right, kind of stuff. Right, right. Absolutely. So one of the things that you you kind of mentioned a few times here that I definitely want to talk about, uh, you, you ran for office uh, last year. You ran for office. In- actually, yeah, I've actually ran three times. <laughs> three times. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So like obviously running for some sort of office, you know, at any point in the last, you know, I would say like 10 years, I'm sure has been like an interesting aspect. Can you talk to me? What was it like? running for office uh, in, in 2020, in, in the current world that we're living in now, what was it like for you uh, running for office in 2020? It was difficult for me because I was more of the outsider. Um, long story short, I ran for council the year before, but I ran as an independent, which making me a big outsider. So I didn't have access to any type of political machine. Make And then since you, especially when you're in locally, it's built on relationships. You need people to help, help you. Mm-hmm. and stuff help you it'll help you campaign door to door drop off leaflets you know uh, it, you know you get even though it's it's just you running for office you get so busy you need almost like your own pr person mm-hmm. so uh, that was hard to organize because a lot of people especially didn't want you near them especially even when i started when i started running it was the beginning of the pandemic so yeah. people were so paranoid yeah. zoom call and then when, especially with older people when, who might i i had some more elderly people who were supporting me, they couldn't even work Zoom. It was really difficult to coordinate my campaign is what I'm trying to get to. And I I, I did relationships. And correct me if I'm wrong. And and I think you kind of alluded to this. So did were you a Democrat that did not run as a Democrat or vice versa? Like what what, what was the story behind that there? Well, long story short, I I ran for the first time in 2018. And this is my take on it. I I became a little disillusioned by what the clubby and it was pretty insular and clubbiness. So when I ran again for this is the Princeton Council, not the Board of Education, the local town government, I ran again, I ran as independent. I just felt I had to. I just, I just, and I was, you know, part of it, you know, I knew uh, in some ways it was political Harry Carey because, you know, these people would not forgive me for doing that, but I had to. I just, I didn't, I don't think we're living up to our values, especially when in Princeton, especially, they keep on saying how inclusive they are, you know, all the mantra of the woke left, lack of a better word. So then when I, so that isolated me. And then when I ran for a school board, which is nonpartisan, I still had that baggage, you know, because. Basically, 20%, maybe in any town, you only have like a small percentage interested in politics. They were not going to help me. And in fact, they would campaign against me and they would pick people to run against me. So that made things difficult. For an independent to to actually succeed and win office in in the Princeton area without the backing of that machine that you're you're Uh, be pretty difficult. I mean, I I think I think right now and I I know on on the council. the last time they had independent back when we were two towns with Princeton Borough and Princeton Township, and we, we finally uh, united. But I think it's only once in like 40 years that, that has ha- that's happened right. because they, they control where you're going to be put on the ballot, uh, on, which is very important, especially with local elections. For most people are low information and they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're on the top of the ballot, that can give you a 15% chance. So yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. Now, I think I could win if I got if I got enough money, a robot volunteer who would work like six to eight robot volunteers who would be knocking, you know, I could, I would have to target voters who might be susceptible, want to vote for me, and then knock on their doors, register them, keep on spreading the word three to six times it usually takes before it sinks into anyone's brain. Sure. You know, that, um, yeah, oh yeah, Adam's running, oh, I should vote for him, or I should register. That's right. how it, re it really works. And right. um, I would need run that. Again. Some people are asking me to run again. Now that I know what I know, I, I, unless I can maximize and have a discernible chance to win with that kind of strategy, which is pretty hard to come by, you need money, you need some micro data, you need some dedicated volunteers, probably not. Right, right. Would you would you ever consider, and this is just me asking out of pure, just sure, sure. curiosity. Um, you talked about the political machine, you know, that game that sometimes people have to play in order to yeah. make it in, you know, to, to the office of their choosing. Would you ever consider becoming a part of that game in order to get into office? Good question. If I knew what I knew now, I came in very naive. I thought it's local politics. Not that people have to agree with me, but that, you know, it's going to be more like, thank God someone wants to run mm -hmm. and be part of this. And we encourage anyone. And when I found it wasn't like that, looking back, could I have hidden my, really, maybe I could have hidden myself, played the game, spoke this, speak, speak to speak. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, kind of kiss butt, you yeah. know, Sure. Kind of do, you, do you think that any of the, you know, uh, drama, to, to say the least, from, you know, like the presidential race and Senate and, and Congress, do you think that any of the drama from that affected things on a more local level for you? It did. Unfortunately, it did. Again, this, for lack of a better, this woke left, they've, they've turned, you know, I've always said potholes do not care about party affiliation. On the local level, it's really not about party. It's about competence. It's basically keeping the streets clean, making sure the schools run, try to keep taxes down, make the, you know, manner the manage the labor force. That's what it basically is. Mm -hmm. But no, it's become that you have not only do they demonize anyone who doesn't think like them. If you're a Republican, they don't even want to talk to you. And I'm, I try to explain to them, the Republicans in this town, what's left of them, they're country club re Republicans. They have nothing to do with Trump. They wouldn't vote for Trump. And again, Potholes do not care, again, what party affiliation you are, but no, it's, it comes right down. And then they build it like a machine, you get punished, like, like a regular machine. Even if you might be right, it's like the army, you've got to follow orders. And if you don't, you're punished. Okay. Do you, do you, see, do you see that? And that happens in the Senate. That happens, you know, Nancy Pelosi does it. I'm sure now this guy McCarthy does it, you know. Do you, do you think that comes from both sides or is it just the, the left that you see this from? Well, that's another problem with Princeton specifically. We don't have any, any other party mm. and that hurts democracy too. There's no one to prod, push, bring up other, you know, in a way I'm like the, the loyal opposition in my mind because we don't have any Republicans left in this town. Do you consider yourself a Republican? Do you do you, do you consider yourself like more in line with uh, with with what they believe in? Just on a like not like the Trump type of Republicans, but just the type of Republicans that you're speaking of the club. No, well, you know, that it's a, that's a changing um, um, de uh, definition. Traditionally, Republicans were for small government, small taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, they are, they weren't big on the social issues. That was more in the 80s and 90s and everything. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe more Republican when it comes to local government, yeah, because I just want efficiency, I want competency, I don't want to throw money, and they have this idea, just you throw money at a problem, which is, you know, if you threw, like, look at the public schools, there's some poor public schools we've thrown tons of money at, that is not a guarantee of raising grades, That's, that doesn't guarantee college acceptance, it doesn't um, guarantee literacy, it's people, it's programs, it's building systematic change over time, mm -hmm. and stuff. Am I making sense? I'm kind of yeah, absolutely no. It makes sense. So one of the things that I, I know that I've had to grapple with, and, and I, we don't have to talk about this much longer, but I think it's a, a an intriguing whatever you want. Your show, it's your show. It's your dime. Yeah, <laughs> then we're gonna talk about it. Damn it, no. Um. So one of the things that that I I was grappling with, you know, especially towards the end of the uh, campaign in in 2020, and even I mean even afterwards and to this day, you know. I, I see a lot of people that obviously have opposing views to, to me. Like I, you know, I, I consider myself a, a liberal. I consider myself, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm like woke left, but I, I consider myself left, you know. Um, what do you mean on cultural issues or? Yeah, yeah. Like, but like to me, like it's not a political thing. Like for example, like ma wearing a mask, 
right? To me, that's not a political thing. And whenever I say that, people are like, oh, he must be a, like one of those left-leaning Bernie bros. No, unfortunately, it's like, it's like so wear, wear a mask, <laughs> right? It's not a political <laughs> issue. Um, but like, there's a couple other issues that like that, that we can easily bring up that I sit here and I'm thinking, am I, the, am I in the wrong here? Right. And my like, because I hear all the all of these conspiracy theories and people like, oh, you're just a sheep and you're just this and you're that. And you're just you just believe anything that is this one that shit. So like that. And I think to myself, I'm like, oh, my gosh, am, am I wrong? Right. Am I in the wrong here? And then I'm like, no, I mean, there's just legit facts on, on my side <laughs> that, that people sometimes yeah. ignore. Um, but and I realized that I end up having these disagreements with people that. Do they listen to? Are they really even listening to you though? Either that's the thing. I can't. Obviously, I don't go into any disagreement saying I'm going to change this person's mind. But like, I, I had a I had a, um, a a conversation with somebody earlier this week about white privilege. Right. The person that I was speaking to does not believe that white privilege is real. Me, I'm pissed off. I <laughs> want it to stay. <laughs> but like, but like this 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 person was like adamant that 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 white privilege is. Oh, but that's a loaded statement. You have to be a little more specific when you say it, though. About white privilege. What's the yeah? What's the basis about white privilege? Is it if, basically uh, if you're white, you have certain built-in advantages that you're saying, generally speaking. One hundred percent. I like if there was a white version of me, right next to me right now, and both of us were walking outside, and and it's dark out, right, and something happens and the police don't know who it is that did this thing the white person probably unfortunately has the advantage here because of societal you know ideology that people right. believe that the person you know uh of darker skin color probably committed this act if i walk outside in a hoodie and the white version of me who makes the same amount of money, who does the same podcast that likes the same stuff, walks out in a three-piece suit. The only difference is he's white in a suit uh, and, I'm in a, and I'm black in a hoodie. That's, that's an advantage, right? That's just a natural advantage that's out there. It's a natural, but does it, how much does it affect you? And it could affect your life in certain situations deadly, but those are, but those are like specific situations that could come up. My, my thing, and I'm not saying there's not privilege or systemic racism in, in some areas, right. but I look at it this way as long, and because people fought for this, black and white people. Yes. That's why sometimes I get upset, not with you, I get when some people go, someone looked at me the wrong way instead of joke. I'm more like about me and maybe I feel like deal with it. These are not real issues. Real issues is when you couldn't get a bank loan. Real issues is when you couldn't go to the school you wanted to go to because of your color. Real issues is when you when you're um you know what's the uh, red line? You couldn't live where you wanted to live. That is you know. I, I get what you're saying, though. I will refute in regards to what a real issue is, right? Because like if somebody, if I go into a grocery store and somebody, you know looks at me and just has this preconceived notion that I might do something simply because of the color of my skin, it might not be a big issue to most, but as a black man, that's a big issue to me. The so you're saying it affects your psyche though? Does it happen it's enough? 100%. It, when okay, I can't, I can't speak to that because I don't, I, I've not gone through that. So like if, if I go jogging down the street, right? So, so I have to be mindful about how I present myself. Cause when I go jogging, I wear, I wear a hoodie. Right. And I, and I, I have my, my, my Trayvon Martin, you're Trayvon that. Martin. In it. I live, I live, <laughs> I live in a very white neighborhood. I live in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. Oh, incredibly white. I will talk to you then. I yeah. will talk to you. <laughs> right. Like I'm in a, an incredibly white neighborhood. When mm -hmm. I go running down the street and I'm like, this is the kind of neighborhood that people out with their families they are walking their dogs. Right. They're like all this stuff. I have to be mindful about how I present myself as I'm as I'm going through this neighborhood because it can I can it can come off in a way that people that it makes people uncomfortable and it mm -hmm. sucks and like I'll, like majority of the people here I I've, I haven't had any major issues with anybody here but that is something that I have to keep in the back of my brain and that to me is a big issue because that changes how I am right there's this thing where because I it's constant. To, it's because it's chronic though it's chronic it's chronic yeah, yeah. i have to, like, my neighbor mm -hmm. yeah my neighbor who was um uh you know grew up he was in world war ii he was a man of color and everything but he had a phd he's probably one of the few blacks with a phd in the 1940s mm -hmm. he said no matter what there was in this 
this is when things were worse. There was always a black tax. He, and Brian Gumble said the same thing. Sports. I think what you seem to be talking about is the, the black tax. Mm-hmm. And it, he, he, Brian Gumble said, I'm not, you know, I'm not an emotional hemophiliac. Brian Gumble's like, hey, if you don't dig me, F you, I don't really care. But it does, he said, it's wary. It sucks. It's just where it's wary. And also just, just w- when you go through borders, mm-hmm. <laughs> who does <laughs> <laughs> number one and getting body search you get pissed off sometimes so is that what you're trying to i'm trying to get what you're saying yeah. you feel and also i believe you i, I see you as a straightforward guy you don't do this yeah. unfortunately this has become so politicized people use it i know black people in this town in princeton who use it for their own political gain they weaponize it and and, and they take something that's serious for their own you know, own you know being people for their own political gain but you see you you seem like a straightforward bottom I'm, line guy I'm, you wouldn't be a pretty straightforward guy you know and like i recognize the 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 variety of aspects that come into this because it's not it's not just a part in the pun it's not black and white right it's not a black and white <laughs> issue here but but i think that sometimes people will not take it as seriously mainly because they haven't lived this life like they just yeah. don't know what it's like to be a black man uh or black person in, yeah, in- I, I don't get yeah i i do not get in fact i get the opposite a lot mm-hmm. I, I get people trusting me i get people yeah 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 mm-hmm. I, I think and I, I i you know and i think if i was black it might be a whole different ball game Absolutely. And and one of the things that the person I was speaking with earlier this week uh, brought up, he said, it's not a black white issue. It's a uh, economic issue, you know, in regards to, you know, the 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 class, like the uh, economical classes that are class does play into it. But it does poor white people are able to get out. (laughs) And that's what I try. And that is exact. Adam, I'm so happy you said that, because that's exactly what I tried to get across to him. I said, listen, nobody is saying that that there's no such thing as a poor white person because there definitely are and and uh, uh uh lower class citizens in this country have just struggled immensely you know yeah, hillbilly make- elegy yeah right yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's 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 awful and it's so sad to see right um the unfortunate part is that when it comes to the lower class when it comes to poor neighborhoods unfortunately a majority of those neighborhoods a majority of the people that live in those neighborhoods are people of color Right. So nobody is saying that only black people are capable of being poor. But what we are saying is that the poor areas that are in this country, most of them consist of people in urban areas that are people of color. Right. And the remnants of that is redlining. And, the, and that's that's the remnants of racism, of the welfare system. Some of it was well-meaning, but I think we did had counter basically was counterproductive in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the inner city, and, and what I call that inner. City, inner city chaotic, chaotic life where things become unstable and, and then people just get caught up in, you know, right. in Absolutely. bad life, it perpetuates yeah. everything. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we got to have this talk. This has been a, a, a talk that I, I, I had with a couple people this week and I'm, I'm happy that I got to get your insight on it. Um, and I, I do want to, I do want to ask you one thing, cause I do want to end up, I, would, I do want to talk about your show and your podcast a little bit too, cause I have some questions about that. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, that I always like to ask people that have podcasts and shows and stuff like that. Oh, my glasses. Um, you are a recognizable face, right? And personality, whether you want to admit it or not, you but are where? A- Tell me. I, I would like to know. I'd like to know where. My bank <laughs> but, account doesn't show it, but you're you're more than just like an average person because you put yourself out there. You you know you True. you record yourself. You you broadcast it to hundreds and thousands of of homes in the New Jersey area. There's a better chance that people know who you are than some other random person that doesn't do that. Am I am I correct when I say that? Right. It's funny you say that. I I realize now, especially in town. I, was that person staring at me? Usually because they look mad because I, you know, I said something. But yeah, so that's happened. Now I realize a lot of times people are going like, I've seen that guy or he said something. Right, right. Like, yeah, what, so I guess like, you could, a minor like? celebrity. Yeah, yeah, like it's like, what is it? What is it like? Because like I, I got, I got recognized at a restaurant and it was the first time uh, that I had ever gotten recognized because and it was somebody that happened to follow me on TikTok. Uh, and they're like, <gasps> and I was like, what isn't that <laughs> right? the power it's not it's the power so of tv it's like the god thing it's a god thing even today with fractured media and people you know if you're on tv still there's something you're somehow akin to to the media god and there's something about you that's supernatural maybe some of it's too that you have the nerve a lot of people are scared afraid mm-hmm. of this they elevate it to such a high 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 priesthood 
Right. And in right. some ways, you're right. We should be. You know, a lot of people can't do what we do, but that's you know maybe we have no other choice too. Right. I tell them. Now, as, as somebody that is a, a a TV show host, a podcast host, a politician. Again, let's say very local. I'm not. You know, but I'm not still, a poser. I'm not. Like, I'm not I'm 60 Minutes. We're, we're no, now. but 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 you are. You are. You do you not host a TV show? You not well, yeah. for a long time, yeah. Princeton TV, yes, right, like, exactly. Yes. Did you do you are you not a politician? Yes, you are okay. So I'm right, you're wrong. I win. That's <laughs> and I, I, you know, this is my Protestant side being too much, too much. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm I'll, a, I'll, I'll humble brag for you. So, okay, with that being said, do you find that you ever have to, uh, I guess, since you live under this? however big of a microscope you think it may or may not be, do you ever feel that you have to be mindful of what you do and say because people recognize you or, or you know, might take your word more so than, than or might hear your word more so than any other person? I don't know if they take it. That's a $64,000 question. Mm -hmm. uh, being a little bit unfiltered, at the same time looking for ratings, which I was at the time, uh, you know, it's a balance, right? Especially if you want to run for office. Mm -hmm. and stuff so um but in terms of an influencer not yet you know if i got i think you're much more of an influencer also you you deal in people's psyches you let people open up to you mm -hmm. in a way i'm you've invited and you have you have to i would say you have to accept it you've invited a big responsibility on your shoulders where yes. you actually could say words yes it could affect someone's life i don't I don't, I, I don't, I never said I was going to do that. I still, and I never said that I, um, I wanted to be in control or I was an influencer. So right now, no, mm -hmm. if I got to that point, yeah. You know, you know, I was joking about suicide, you know, yesterday we were saying, you know, I said, I could never do your show because I tell someone, Oh, just cure yourself. It was more of a joke, believe it or not. When I've joked with, to that with people who were suicidal, they laughed. It put a smile on their face. So what, I, what I'm getting at, you have to judge every every situation on a one-to-one -one situation. But if I was on the mass media, I would, you think, and if I was really follow, I would think differently about some of the comments I said, so, yes. That's fair. So like, like we'll take that one, for instance. So if, if somebody saw that and, you know, maybe potentially out of context and, and they might, you know, see you say that, and would you, would you understand how and why they would be upset? Yeah, I mean, and again, now we're getting legal ethics and everything. How much responsibility do I have for someone else? I don't know, you know, on the air. But yes, it would still make me consider voluntarily maybe not going that route next time. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone, you know, someone's on the edge and I, I don't need to push them over. But then again, it's a business too. And if I was really, again, if I get bigger, you think about numbers, you think about ratings, you think about what's wor what's working controversy and, yeah. but I, you know I, I i do want to challenge you here because uh it, i i think words words matter words matter i think more so than than you than you're kind of making it seem right like like especially because like to you it, it may not seem like much like you're like hey i'm making a joke blah 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 but yeah to a, to a sane normal person, if they're listening, yes, Adam, he's just, I don't appreciate it maybe, but of course he but doesn't there might be, it. But there might be people that, you know, might have experienced something, you know, that that's a, that's a trauma for them or, or, or they are on the, on the edge. But I, I'm not, but that's where you're wrong, especially if I'm on a mass media, unless it's one-on-one -on -one and it's a clear present danger, like I'm talking to someone one-on-one -on -one or even in I, I mean, I, no, come on. That's chilling speech. I can't, you can't, you can't react to what but everyone's do, thinking. But you're doing it for ratings, you say, right? Well, for, let's, for, say, let's say that irreverent humor worked value, though. Right? And it was getting, yeah, but it, 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 it worked and it was fun. Also, I, it has to be funny. You know, if I'm not funny doing it, no, I don't want to do it. But if it's funny and it makes people laugh and again, conversely, it could help. You could say conversely, it could make someone laugh and lighten them up and go, yeah, you know, I'm taking myself, you know, I shouldn't kill myself. And the reason I say that, I was talking, this is a true story. A friend of mine who I knew from college was thinking of killing himself. And um, I was talking to him one-on-one -on -one in his apartment. And, and then, you know, he was going off, he was doing that. And I go, you know, maybe it's a good career decision, but it was so offbeat, so unexpected, he laughed. His mindset changed. He started loosening up. And then we st he, then he made a joke about it too, how he should kill himself. And then the mood lightened even more. We thought about um, crazy ways for him to kill himself. And then with that lightening up, he felt better. Then we got to the point where he had to, um, I said, get some help. Let's really get some help now.
come with me so, to say so you're saying Peter. Michael, on a one-on-one basis if you know that, that works you're talking to like yeah. it could be a tool however when you work in the media world where like there could be potentially hundreds of people if not thousands of people that could hear your words um and p- p- potentially take them out of context or be offended by it. you can see i know well, that could be any i i couldn't work come on that it could be taken so many different ways the context know. and speech i i know no i and to say that i'm telling you know when i when i said that i go when i joked and it was so obvious i was joking it was so obvious that i, I would never I, mean that i think that so i'm no 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 and I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm not responsible for them. And, and to me, it's a precedent you're setting. You're saying that, what's the next step in chilling speech? Because people get upset about anything, sometimes too much and stuff. And I also, I really, if people, you know, as Frank Zappa once said, I don't know, you know, people do their own thing anyway. I wrote a song about using dental floss, you know, um, tooth decay didn't go down. People, no, yeah, you can't, but you can't, you can't compare tooth decay to, 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 to me joking. Let, let's go back in time. I'm going, I was, this is what I said. I, I'll, I'll replicate it. I can't be you, man. You're too great. You know, I'm the type of dude, if I was listening to your problems, I might say it's a good career move. You were laughing. You said, I, I get that one-on-one. If you're talking to somebody that you know, that was one-on-one with you, that you're close with in like the in the in the in the confines of of a of a private conversation and you know that person you know what their what's what their turn on turn and turn offs are then sure people can say whatever they want but you do know as a media person that your words matter right so like you have do you you don't feel that you have any response like you said that i have responsibility right because no the only reason i said that is because you you first of all you have one hundred sixty thousand followers or something you tell me people call you up and bear their soul to you and stuff so yeah that's so right now and also you've said you're here to help people Yes. You're not like a shock person. That's not your shtick. So, so for lack of a better word, right. so yeah, and, and do what you want to do. That's your social contract. That's your emotional that you've made. I'm not made that contract. Also, I've not even reached the numbers that you have. Maybe God bless. I don't think. It's, I don't well. think it's a numbers thing. But because, but even if it was, one of the things that's on your website or not your website, but one of the things that you tout all the time, like especially on your TV show, like you were like, oh, we reached this many households in New Jersey, and 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 like all the and like. It was like ten thousand. It was ten thousand. Right. That's yeah. a lot of people. But where are you going to draw the again? I I, I still where are you going to draw the line? I, so I I'm won't joke saying, about suicide. I won't joke about sexuality. I won't joke about transcend. You know, tra- I made a joke about transgenders. I, and I and I said, you know, God bless them and everything. But why is this a political issue? You know, you know, am I supposed to go to every prison and make sure every trans prisoner gets this transgender operation? And it was, I was making a commentary on the on the election and how Democrats are kind of blowing it because in Ohio they didn't really care about prisoners getting their transgender. Uh, operation in federal prisons or caring about their own jobs. But my point is, is that me, make me anti-transgender? And, and can I, and you know, someone's, someone's on the edge, on the edge. Right. I think that, I, I hope you don't misinterpret me here because I'm not saying that you have to censor yourself by any means. What I'm asking though, is you can see why somebody would get upset though, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Possibly. Sure. Sure. Yes. And their, and their, and their feelings are justified. Um, just, are you taking me into the debating techniques? The billions are justified, so, so causally then I shouldn't really do it if their feelings are justified and they might kill themselves. That's the cause, effect, Adam speech. How would you, how would you feel if, if, if hypothetically somebody was watching your show and they just took it the wrong way and they took their life? I would say I'm very sorry, but you know, I, but I'm, I'm really not responsible for that person. And I, and I can't tell it, and especially me, and, and think about what I'm going to say next every moment because someone's going to take their life. Now, Millie, that's more well, extreme. Should. We all do. You, we do that every day. Like if you're, if you're at work, you say, oh, I can't, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll be like, I can't curse because cursing is not, a, is not acceptable. That's, here that, that's work. I've gone into a different forum with a different sets of rules, which I've already accepted before I go into the workplace. I'm talking about my show. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. I understand. You're talking about a very, again, a very ambiguous, nebulous context is a lot. Right. Why did that person, are they, could they've done it the next day too? When, when, when they fed their dog, the wrong Alpo, I don't know. So I can't, worry about it i really can't i wouldn't i wouldn't now again clear and present danger if someone called me and i'm on my show and they think i'm thinking of killing myself yeah then i might not say it then because that's obvious stark in reality 
not not you know and th and then also it invites all these people well i'm offended and this offends me and that offends me i can't talk about what about abortion get an abortion don't get i mean i mean I, where, where do we go from here here no no i i i will i will caution you to be careful that's all i, I think that's what i'll that's what that's what i'll say in that regard is to mm -hmm. just just to know that words matter whether whether you think they do or not or whether you feel that they are important or not i will i will caution you caution because like like i like i get it has this but happened as, with as, you as though a, I mean, as, a, as a, a podcast personality as as a person that puts themselves out there and you know i have i have my things that i do and you have your things that you do but i also know that even like even though i do put myself out there as somebody that helps people um i know that my words matter even if it's not something that i necessarily agree with right I know that my words matter and I do How have can you even measure that though? I mean, you, you might it's get response. Easy. It's yeah. easy for me because I don't overthink right. it. Like, uh -huh. are there going to be times that I do and say some things that might upset some people 100%, especially if they take it the wrong way? That happens, obviously, yeah. right? There's nothing that we can do about that. However, I think that there is this moral compass and line that we have to consider when we're talking about a subject matter that is as dark as that. Right, um, especially if we're trying. Then, to is that, does that mean comedians shouldn't do stand up about it? I mean, that's a stand up joke too. I mean, right. But also, one of the things that you said to me yesterday was saying that you want to, like, you wanted to reach as many people as possible, right? And right. like, I feel like you would be doing yourself a disservice. Well, that could be true. That's a business decision. But again, yeah. I looked at his humor, and this is where you also get in trouble. I think comedians who can't even go on college campuses comedians who, who convey things and look at things from a different light like death who comedians are, are like an antenna to look at things in a different way they'll talk about death and talk about it in a different way and make jokes about it maybe they're making a point maybe they, they're going for a laugh and 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 maybe and maybe someone misconstrues it out there do they have to stop doing that though i mean I, dark I, I, yeah, yeah once again i don't I, I i think you're taking it the wrong way i'm not saying that anybody has to censor themselves i'm not saying that at all what i'm, That's what I'm getting though you're saying though but you you wouldn't do it and you would hope that i wouldn't do it. you wouldn't tell me what I to do i said i said you should i said you should be cautious i said you I, that we've well, gone from no i think i thought you said before you shouldn't do it but okay you I went said, to cautious. i said you should be i said you should be cautious because words matter is what i said okay yeah, I hope we're doing good TV. I hope this is this an entertaining conversation. Yeah, I hope no, this is a very interesting. Like, I, I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope I hope I'm make I'm making sense. Yeah, this, I, I understand. I understand exactly where you're coming from. I just think that you should be very careful. Um, you know. Well, maybe with, I, I think I appreciate that too because yeah, I might. Yeah. Who knows? Even though I I might not agree what that it was my fault or not, that could happen though. Mm -hmm. That could happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and it's I, funny. I, I just don't think that's something that you would want to live with, like that that kind of. No, I can't. I couldn't feel responsible. I just, I just couldn't. Just like when I, I remember Beavis and Butthead. And this is more extreme. They set themselves on fire. It's a silly cartoon. Two kids in Indiana set themselves on fire. Fourteen and fifteen. And I remember um, the parents wanted Beavis and Butthead producers to to um, apologize. I think they did for more legal reasons. I wouldn't have. I'm going like this is tragic. This is bad. But your kids are not. Who sets themselves on fire because of stupid cartoon? I mean, am I? How, you know that's. How I look at it. But once I just, again, you are of sound mind, and but there are people out there that are not that are struggling mentally. You know, right. with some things that they can't control mentally. Like we, like there's people like myself that have to take certain uh, that have to go medication. to medication, that have to go to therapy, that have to take medication because there are some things that happen in, in our, in uh -huh. our that we cannot control. And then when we get pushed. Mm -hmm. you know or influenced in a way like that even if it's subconsciously you know like i'm not saying that like people should sue right but like there is a, a weight of responsibility that i think people should understand that they have and i i know it's easy right now for you to say oh it's not something that i will have i'll think about often but i think honestly as a human being with the with the with feelings and emotions i think that you are somebody um that that would be on your mind. Well, that, that would bother you. Maybe. Well, I'll give you this. The guy, what Hank Azaria said, he's going to stop doing the Pakistani voice over and everything. And more, and it's more agreeing with you. He goes, I'm not going to tell anyone else to do what to do. I did it long enough. At first, I was like, don't tell me what to do. And this is more agreeing with you. But then when he realized presently, since we have a lot more Pakistanis who live in this country now, that all these kids were getting 
you know, bullied with that accent that Hank Azaria did on The Simpsons. He said, I don't need to do it anymore. And, and in a way, I understand. So it's always a, a moving line. And he, but he, he said what you're saying, too. I'm not going to tell anyone else what to do. You know, I don't mean intentionally to hurt anyone. And, and, and I think we should be able to satire, satirize anything. Sure. But I just felt personally, I don't need to do it. It's not going to. And I, I, one of my favorite comedians, Richard Pryor, uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. These are all oh, yeah. people that that satirize that that uh, everything, uh, everything is fair game that that push the that push the limits. And one, I totally get it. Totally get it. Um, and they're very and they're damn good at it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I want to be good at, you know, I, I'm more upset if I'm not funny. And it's just like it's just like uh, right. But just I'm I'm trying for a cheap laugh that falls flat. That's when I'd be right, even right. more embarrassed. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think like once again, I'm not saying that anybody has to censor themselves by any means. I right. just think that people should always know that words carry, words matter, and that they can carry a, a lot more weight than what you may realize. You may think that you are a small fish in the pond, but there might be that one person out there that really listens to you that really takes your words that like to you they're like nothing it might be an innocent joke to you but you know like to other people like that i i think we just have to be careful sometimes that's all especially okay. especially when it comes to something that people struggle with you i'll know? just take it like this i just, just give it more thought i understand that I'll yeah take it that's like all that. that's all so uh, so for those of you that don't know uh, i'm sitting here with adam uh Bierman. he is the host of the breezing with Bierman podcast uh, which was a TV show, and now it's a now it's a podcast, right? And you've gotten to interview. It's going to be on Zoom too, and everything. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, and 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 you got to interview like a ton of people, uh, including you got to or, uh, uh, um, like interview like people like Cory Booker. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like all this type of stuff, which is really cool. Um, how do you how do you prep for these interviews? Like, what is your what is your preparation like for when you're interviewing these people? What do you do? It varies because sometimes it's almost like scramble, scramble, scramble. I find out Cory Brooks in, in town or he's going to a fundraiser of a friend of mine because we live in Princeton. You know, Princeton is a big, uh, a, it's a ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. A lot of politicians come through here in the area mm -hmm. for money, 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 money. But um, my point is sometimes it's a scramble. And when, I, my, my, when, it's, when I'm scrambling, I have a pretty good photographic memory. I read a lot. And I'll just go over my notes that I've taken in previous interviews with politicians or even, even with someone like Cory Booker, you just let them talk. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you here? What are you doing? And then just follow the thread. The only thing I've learned is to shut, like with you though, I think hopefully we shut up enough, shut up, listen, and then react. I, I, hopefully ask something that's thoughtful, show that I listen and, and leads to another question or statement. Sure, that makes sense, that makes sense. What advice would you give to somebody that, uh, you know, wants to do like TV hosting and producing and podcasting, like based off of your experience, because you've been doing this for a while, based off of your experience, if, if you know somebody that's like, hey, I want to do something similar to what you do, what would you say to them? Well, especially when you're starting out, um, uh, you have to get a team to help you. Usually that helps, you know, with guests and everything else. More important, they don't have to be talented. They could be brain dead, <laughs> but they have to show up. Yeah. Right, the right, second right. thing is, is just be willing... Be yourself. You're saying that too. Just take it as a grown experience. Find out what how what your personality. Bring your personality into it, mm -hmm. and then be yourself. Absolutely. And then grow. Absolutely. And then once you start growing, critique yourself. I'm I'm talking from the ambience, how you look, how you talk, and everything. And and then you know, and then decide where you want to go from there. When I first started, it was really really Wayne's world. Mm -hmm. And and I I and then I said maybe I should prep a little more. Maybe I should write things down a little more. You know. So. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> What's 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 next for you? What's the what's the next uh, step for you? What are you looking to 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 accomplish? I want to be you, Kyle. I want to be black. <laughs> you want to be black. <laughs> I want to be black and you. That's how much I want to be you. <laughs> yeah. We're mean, all black anyway, right? I mean, we come from Africa. We all have some gene in here. If you want to be mean, that means that you're going to have to watch what you say, and you're going to have to be very careful, and you're going to have to know. What medication do I take? But what medication do I take too? No, no, I'm I'm. I'm basically, I'm a chameleon too. Mm -hmm. um, it's Mick Jagger. I'm not Mick Jagger. And I don't even think it's stealing. I've watched your show. I, from the way you open your show mm -hmm. to your website, I'm stealing. I'm taking. I'm borrowing. I'm appropriating. <laughs> That's, fine. That's fine. I expect my residual check in the mail next month. And then what I want to do is, like you said too, I want to um, 
I have a producer who I'm paying real money to. Numbers are important. I, I, I want to go, how do I build my infrastructure, my IT infrastructure? How do I cultivate guests? How do I promote? Uh, to me, it's A, B, and C. I have an audience, I broadcast, and I communicate. I'm doing the communicating. The broadcasting is more like the infrastructure, building your, you know, your, your um, website. The marketing is the brand. So I want to do all three of them and stuff. And also, I've always been keen to know what I don't know. Sure. And and uh, and listen to people like yourself. I, I'm like I took notes after I talked to you yesterday mm -hmm. about certain things. How you did your show? How you posed a question? And and I you know right. I, I keep it in my notebook. I keep it in my little notebook. I have yeah. I have yeah, my exactly. notebook of you know and stuff. I I, 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 feel, I feel I feel I feel humbled. I I appreciate that. Can I show you one quick video too? Yeah, sure, of course. You, you said doing two minute things during this pandemic. I don't know if you can see this. I've been standing on my head. Oh look at that. Doing yes. And this is an OTU because go to his podcast. You said two things you can do in two minutes to feel a sense of completion. Yeah, I'm doing this for three to four minutes now. Look at that. You're going to not get only my good looking. I have a, a six. I'm trying to get a six pack. <laughs> how do you, Adam, how do you, my last question to you is this. How do you want the world to remember? You? I don't want to stop. I enjoy talking to you. <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you want the world to remember you? Oh my God, that's too much morality. That's morality, mortality. <laughs> and uh, you know, that this is a sad thing. And, th and this is where I do lack perspective because I don't even think about that. Mm -hmm. And maybe I should, because that's a question I ask a lot of people, especially older people. I've asked retired professors, politicians. How do you want to be remembered? Can you give me three words, a sentence, a poem and everything? And usually they know something. I think I'm afraid to even say it because I feel like I'm still looking for my first job, you know, <laughs> and stuff. So I, I don't know. Yeah. One thing that's important to me is my family. I just, you know, I live with my, what do you care about most? The people you're with the most. I want them to think, you know, highly of me that I did my job mm -hmm. as a father. And of course, you know, but that's what, that as, um, who said that? Not Richard Pryor, but what's his name? The other, other comedian you were saying. Rock, Dave Chappelle. No, the, say one more, please. Um, uh, 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 no, which um, Rock, Chris Rock. Oh, Chris, yeah, Chris Rock. Yeah. You know, I take care of my kids. That's what you're supposed to do. But yeah. <laughs> no, but I guess definitely my family. I mean, because come on, no matter what, who am I with all the time anyway? Mm -hmm. Who would put up with me? So, you know, I definitely want to be known as someone, you know, and, and I, I took care of my, you know, but your kids, that's the cornerstone of our, of our civilization. I had a child. I took responsibility. And not that I should get kudos. And also that I was good looking. That's fair. You want to be remembered for, for being a handsome gentleman. Where's the glasses? Yeah. It's a burden sometimes. It's a burden sometimes. I do have a brain, but people don't always see that. But. <laughs> there it is. There's, there's, there's that handsome man. <laughs> How old do you think I am anyway? 61. You looked it up. <laughs> well, yes, of course. I, I know. I look up everything about the guests. I, you don't just come on my podcast and me not know anything about you. No, I get off that some people sometimes think I'm 40 and, I, and you would have helped me out. Now I'm having emotional problems and I might be thinking about suicide, but you can make jokes about it. Anyway. 21 years old. Is that how old you are? <laughs> anyway, I'm going over time. I'm going to keep talking. Oh, you know, how much time do we have? Uh, no, we're, no, we're done. We're wrapping up. Oh, we're done. So, yeah, gonna, okay. gonna, yeah, man. No, listen, uh, Adam, I appreciate you uh, sitting in, and chatting with me about all, all of this, man. This, is a, this was a lot of fun. Um, for, friends, if you want to listen to Adam uh, Bierman, where, where can they get more Adam Bierman? Uh, breathingwithbierman.com. Uh, right now, if you just do breathe, Google Breathing with Bierman, we're starting at the beginning, hopefully in six months. Uh, this is, you were actually my seventh um, podcast. We're waiting to get to number seven. And then my producer is going to put together all the platforms. You know, I, it's going to be iTunes, SoundCloud, you know, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And hopefully we'll go from there. Nice, man. Well, I appreciate it. Make sure you go visit BeermanBeerman.com. Uh, I'm going to put it down on, uh, underneath uh, as well so people can go follow you. Uh, and if you want some more of me, you can follow me on my uh, platforms, TheVibeWithKai.com. And you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at TheVibeWithKai, where I'm always posting things that will help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. My friend, Adam, thank you so much again for, for sitting with me. Everybody else, thank you so much for watching and for listening. As always, God bless and good vibes vibes.